HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and five and somewhere is Bushwick. <laughs> Almost nailed. I almost it. said that wrong. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm Kat Johnson. I'm here with my co-host Katie Mosen. Co- Katie Mosen Wadler. That's really excited. Uh, I'm already show tonight, trying guys. to speed up so much in anticipation of the stressful music. I know. I should just take a breath. It's an action-packed show today. It is. There's a lot going on. We're also we also have Jordan Werner with us. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, thanks. Patrick Martins. Hello, thanks for having me. You are welcome. And our special guest in the studio today, Daniel Holzman. Who what, is, what? He's the co-founder and co-owner of The Meatball Shop. And Meatball Shops. Shops. Meatball Shops. Good point, good point. And Jamie McDonald, the co-founder of the Brampton Lodge and Experience. Hello, hello. I guess I'll be easy to identify. So I'm the one in the British accent, so I don't need to... Easy to identify. He's the handsome one. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that wasn't him. <laughs> so, Kat, what are we talking about today? Um, today, well, we're going to do our headlines per usual. Um, we are going to talk about Food Book Fair. Um, and then we also better talk about our trip to Charlotte, North Carolina. We're leaving it says tomorrow. It's coming weekend, but it's like pretty much almost now. Tomorrow. We're going, yeah. And then we're going to have a really fun call in with Mike Dell and Kim. Begayawa. Um, they live in Toronto, but they're launching a project to send digital creators and storytellers to live in Central America. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Then there's a quiz, right? Isn't there a, a weekly quiz on the show? Always. We always end the show with trivia. And the theme this week is meatball theme. The balls. Balls. The balls. I think, isn't one person at a serious advantage if the theme is meatballs? Yeah. Absolutely not. Our themes, <laughs> Not the Jamie, way they write the question. You, you might be surprised how loosely interpreted our themes are. At first, I feel like at first Patrick hated the trivia the way I wrote it, and now he's like, really Because I'm good. Um, well, first, before we get into all of that, we had better start with the HRN headlines. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you got our news music, Dave? All right. So I don't know about you, but I am digging this summer weather, and uh, so I want to talk about this week on the food scene, Michael Harlan Trakel and Chef Joshua McFadden encouraged us to extend our concept of seasonal produce by adding two seasons. They actually split summer into early, mid, and late summer seasons, so uh, I'm always on board for more summer. Power We're going to be doing the same thing at the meatball shop with winter. We're going to have an early, a mid, and a late winter. Dang. Well, he did, by the way, Joshua McFadden, very interesting. He just came out with a book, just did a book yes. signing here at the back of Roberta's. He has staged and worked with Dan Barber, David Chang, Mario Batali, Andrew Feinberg from Franny's. So he is really, now he lives in Portland. Very interesting show. Well, I agree. Summer's great. And yes, to summer drinks. On Beer Sessions Radio, Jimmy Carbone gathered a crew to talk about summertime beer cocktails. So break out those Yeti coolers because it's almost time for the beach. Hey, hey, hey. 
All right. Hey, 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 Jimmy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Jimmy Carboni <laughs> from Gear Sessions Radio. Yes, he is. Yes, hey, he hey, is. Hey. Okay, okay. Hey, Jimmy. All right. Well, the water is still too cold here, but we can always go to California. This week, Radio Cherry Bomb had on Kendra Aronson, the food writer, photographer, and self-publisher of the San Luis Obispo Farmer's Market Cookbook. Nice pronunciation. Thank you. I worked really hard on that. Simple seasonal recipes and short stories from the central coast of California. I've been to the Farmer's Market. It's awesome. Speaking of the blazing sun, the radio was full of people named Blaze this week. Host Greg Blaze of Cutting the Curd had the owner of Foster Sundry, Aaron Foster, in the studios talk about the challenges of owning a cheese shop work-life balance in the cheese business, and how social media is changing how we sell cheese. Foster Sundry and buys bellies from Heritage Foods. Love Foster Sundry. And on cooking issues, speaking of people named Blaze, Dave and Nastasia had special guest chef Richard Blaze, restaurateur, cookbook author, television personality, and winner of Bravo's Top Chef All-Stars, you know, Cash, uh, who has a brand new cookbook called So Good, 100 Recipes from My Kitchen to Yours. Really great episode. Cooking Issues is always great, but really encourage you to check out this week in particular. And isn't it amazing that concurrent with HRN's explosion, explosive growth is the Museum of Food and Drink, MOFAD, which Absolutely. Dave started? I mean, what a time to be in Brooklyn. Huh? What a time to be alive in Brooklyn. Um, in other food celebrity news, this week's Tech Bites was a roundup of advice from some of our favorites on everything from running a successful startup to being a networking superstar. Like Patrick Martins, a networking superstar. And speaking of food celebrities, we have to mention James Beard. Uh, this week on A Taste of the Past, Linda was joined by Elizabeth Federici and Kathleen Squires. They're the team behind the new documentary film, James Beard, America's First Foodie, which is going to be airing on PBS tomorrow. That's Friday, May 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern. I know I'm interrupting a lot. I went down to visit Nancy <laughs> Newsom. I was in Princeton. She's an old country ham cure. She's about 62 years old. And I was like, well, who is the first person to put your hams on the map outside of your local people. And James she's like, Beardy. James Beard. The I was like, oh, me. I've heard of him. <laughs> That's pretty cool name to drop as the first person to, she's like, he used to call her once a week and talk to us about hams. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Have you been to his outdoor shower? Uh, yeah, in his house. Yeah. Yes. Or the mirrored bathroom? Not so much for the neighbors. Or the mirrors on the ceiling in his bedroom, Those which are, are wild. risque. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you cooked there before? Absolutely. Okay, we'll get to that more. We should talk more about I that. I want to hear all about that. Um, documentaries weren't the only media on HRN this week. There was a ton of music. Reverend DJ Cherish the Love's debut episode of Wedding Cake featured her fake fiancé, the multifaceted artist Conscious, public speaking expert Audrey Mann Cronin, and music by Smacks Music and jo- Joni Leeds and the Nightlights. This is the best, smartest show of all time. She has people make wedding cakes for her for the show. It's really? like this one. I want to do a three three course meal show where I have famous <laughs> chefs come and cook three Patrick's course meals. Three course meal. <laughs> Tune in every week. I want to co-host that. <laughs> um, so speaking of arts and music, on Arts and Seizures this week, Mike Edison had ace guitarist and avant intellect Gary Lucas. If you got ears, you got to listen. And Snacky Tunes hung out with the team from the influential Northside Festival, the nine-year-old Brooklyn week-long celebration of the future of music, innovation, and content. They brought along singer and performance artist Gabby, that's all caps, Gabby, for a live in-studio performance. And finally, on the speakeasy, Damon jammed in the studio with master mixologist Matt Friedlander of Sweetwater Social. Matt talked about his career as a musician and the transition into the cocktail world. So uh, these are like a few, um, I wouldn't say little known, they're widely known facts about Damon Bolte, host of the speakeasy, but he is um, not only unique because he has a very long beard and a cool hat, he's also a twin and he's in a band. And he's he's with his brother. Super cool. And yeah. speaking of trivia for later, he also has giant balls. That's a thing. <laughs> Noted. Uh, have you seen them? No. Well, there we go. <laughs> so all of these headlines are things that happened this week on Heritage Radio Network, and they're all on our website. So go to heritageradionetwork.org and listen to all of that content. Have you listened to all of those shows? You do? We got work to do. Yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah. I've listened um, to them all. 
David's listened to actually almost all of them since he had to record them. Correct. In the studio. David, would um, you say you've gotten smarter since working <laughs> here because you're tagging so much and listening to so much stuff? I wouldn't say that, Patrick, but... He was already you know. smart. Because I yeah. think a tuition fee would be in order if he's actually you know, gotten a lot smarter. <laughs> Newsflash, mm. you now have to pay to work here. <laughs> no, I think if anything, I'm uh, starting to lose my edge. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Cheapo. Well, you've passed your year anniversary, so um, I feel like... It's all downhill from here. No. <laughs> Maybe you're just playing your stride. You've plateaued. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so we just kind of went through the list of everything that happened. I mean, almost everything. We can never catch Didn't some like, really famous guy uh, die yesterday? A couple of them. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, Roger Ailes died. Oof. Um, but then also, um, it's I'm playing Chris Cornell. Chris, I wanted to say Chris Coleman because we're about to talk about Chris Coleman, but Chris Cornell from Soundgarden died. How did he pass? Uh, we don't know, but he played an amazing show last night and wow. then... That was it. So you can now watch the so video. So someone went of his to like last his last show and they had an amazing time. And then, yeah. And then he didn't. Yeah. Make so Bad we listened. Uh, we listened to a bunch of Soundgarden in the yes, warehouse this morning mm-hmm. to mark his passing and wish him to rest in peace. Yeah. And what ailed uh, ails? So many things. <laughs> Where do you start? <laughs> yeah. That was very punny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Ten points. Well, one thing we didn't talk about that I wanted to bring up was that Food Book Fair was last weekend. Uh, Katie and I went to the keynote panel and dinner on Friday night, and it was great. Great discussion between Mara Batali, Sam and Nosrat, a couple of other people that I'm blanking on. Frank Brenny. Yeah, he moderated. Is that it. the guy from the Middle East that does the salt bay? No, 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 no. Uh, she, she wrote, wrote salt, fat, acid heat. Ah, man, because mm-hmm. that guy really. He's uh, he. It's a similar name though. I'm blanking on it. Yeah, yeah. Nusser, Nusser. Yes, guy's amazing. Salpe, the love him. and the glasses. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, so sexy. I love the food. And book then for... you went to Foodieticals, right? I went to Foodieticals, bought a couple issues. I got cured. I got a magazine called Ambrosia that each issue focuses on a different city. And this issue that I got was Brooklyn. And Roberta's is mentioned about. 10 times in different <laughs> articles as being like this guidepost for the you know, Brooklyn food today and how you eat in Brooklyn. Um, and I also caught up with Steven Satterfield, who just won the James Beard Award for Best Chef Southeast. And there's a blog online um, talking to him about that and what all is going on um, in his world. And so, yeah. Food book fair was really fun. It was my first year being there. I was so mm-hmm. pissed to be out of town. I wanted to go so, so terribly. Um, but now you can get so much more Food Book Fair every week right here on Heritage Radio Network because Kimberly and Amanda are doing a show called Recommended Reading. So tune in there. Awesome. We're the next closely aligned. I mean, first there was pub printing press. Then there was radio, right? I mean, like in the line of the history of technology, we were... There anything first in there was a printing press... <laughs> And then there First was, there was oral history, then there was uh, Gutenberg's printing press, then there was radio. Was there something in between? Yeah, there was the knitting. Oh, knitting. <laughs> yeah, knitting. Right, right. You forgot the knitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, speaking of working on the weekend... Woven word. Um, Kat and I are <laughs> getting ready. Yeah. Smoke signals. <laughs> okay. True. My bad. You're so racist. In the, in the white man's world, yeah. smoke signals might not have proliferated... <laughs> You're right. And I have an Indian tattoo. I feel terrible. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's talk okay, about Charlotte. So, Charlotte, uh, Kat and I are heading down to Charlotte, North Carolina tomorrow. We're really excited. Uh, we are going to eat our way through the Queen City and find out what the food scene in Charlotte is all about. It's going to be our first time yeah. dining Bye. around there. And bye. David's going to stay here. Bye, David. You have to stay here and hold down the fort. I bye. hear there's amazing um, stuff going on in Charlotte. We are really looking forward to all the eating that we're about to be doing. We are going to be um, hanging out with uh, Chef Chris Coleman of Oof. Stoke, uh, Blake Hartwick from Bonterra, uh, Shai Farjan of Yafo Kitchen, and uh, Luca Annunziata from Luca's Modern Italian Kitchen. Your enunciation of Annunziata was on point. Thank Not you. Yes. Thank you. And um, also uh, Stephen Schmidt from WP Kitchen and Bar, WP as in Wolfgang Puck, and Mark Jacksina from Earl's Grocery. So uh, we are super psyched. We're going to have an episode of HRN on tour featuring each one of those chefs. I think we're going to visit our fan, friend Bob the bartender as well. And Cam you Newton. May remember from, and Cam Newton. You may remember um, Bob from our coverage of the Charleston 
Wine and Food Festival. Also, we really, really need uh, to have a special visit with Bob the bartender because Saturday is Kat's birthday. <gasps> so wow. uh, since I'm making her work on the weekend, we have to make sure that we are celebrating that adequately. Can't and then, um, yeah, Thanks. It's very important that we make note. <laughs> And then um, on Monday and Tuesday, we'll be at Johnson & Wales. Uh, we mentioned last week on the show, we're going to be taping and eating a lot of bread at the International Symposium on Bread that mm. Peter Reinhardt is putting together. Oh, the ISOB. 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 Mm-hmm. ISOB. Otherwise known as. Because I ate too much bread. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really, I'm really, really excited to be with all of these bread people. Also, our host, Michael Harlan Turkel, is coming down. Uh, This is a research trip because in the fall we're going to be airing a series uh, together in partnership with the Modernist Cuisine team, all about modernist bread. That's so cool. So we have to study so much bread. You're doing some modernist cuisine work, right? You're working on some post-produced pieces and all that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing a whole show with them in the fall. Yeah, so we have to learn everything we can in the meantime. Um, And Francisco Migoya, who's one of our co-hosts for the Modernist Bread Show, is going to be featured in the symposium, too. So looking forward to meeting him. It'll be my first time to meet him uh, and lots of Incredible bakers and trailblazers, and so uh, I hope they have bread. They're thousands and thousands of years later, they're completely turning the art and science of making bread on its head. It's like, how how is it that that just in the last fifteen years there have been so many incredible revelations? Amazing, and it's just so, I love it because it's like so mm-hmm. different, but yet so the same. Like a wet stretch need. <laughs> <laughs> is that in. a bread move? That's a bread move. That's like a whole new thing where you don't need. You just make a super wet dough and then you stretch it out and it creates these like really beautiful air pockets and just like dense toothsome glutens. Should I be wet stretching my no-need bread? I do. That's kind of what a no-need bread is, is that it wet stretches itself. Oh. And the wet stretch is a move that we can do all summer long. So it's not just uh, <laughs> confined to the universe of bread people. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. one, one more beer. <laughs> Keep them hour. coming. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, cool. I think that it's time to uh, keep thinking about summer yes. and move on to our next topic. Yeah. So how how would you guys feel about spending two weeks working on location in Nicaragua or Costa Rica? Absolutely. So 100% sold. Yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty good, right? And by work, is this like a surf trip? or? So we'll tell you. So um, we have Mike Dell and Kim Begayawa from Toronto on the phone. They founded the travel website Coffee Abroad, and they've recently launched a new project called Storyteller in Residence, which is giving digital creators the chance to live and work from sustainable luxury hotels and lodges in Nicaragua and Costa Rica. Kim, Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. So I want to start off by asking you how you got the idea to launch this program. Yeah, sure. So bringing you back to 2014, I actually Googled Green Honeymoon one day, and um, I found the work of the Cayuga Collection in Costa Rica and Nicaragua, and I was like, you know, Mike, we have to meet these people. I don't, I don't care how we do it, but I absolutely need to meet these people because I really loved what they were doing. Um, so I sent an email to the co-founder, Hans Feister, and fast forward six months later, we were on a plane to Costa Rica, and basically we made five videos at one of their eco-lodges called Laca Rios Eco-Lodge. And, I've been there. Um, we made I have my honeymoon there videos. with that. What's really? that? Lapos Rios. Yeah, we went. That, that's in the peninsula all the way down south. Yeah, I was there. It's lovely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's totally the one. And so we made um, five videos about our green honeymoon. And really from there, we, we hit it off. We started working with them. And um, it's just funny because a few years later after working with them, I kept going back to that trip at Laparillos. It was just such a transformational trip. What makes and a honeymoon like, green? The, what's that? What makes a honeymoon green? Well, this is the thing, right? We didn't, we didn't really know what that meant. But when we went there... Um, like everything, everything about that particular place is just so well attuned to this idea of sustainability. Like when you see it in action, it's kind of crazy, right? It's not just about like, oh, we, you know, we don't wash, we don't like take your towels away right away. You know, like it's nothing quite like that. It's, it's like you are literally in the middle of the rainforest and 
where the food comes from is, you know, like it's all local. The people who are there hosting you are locals. Like they've literally built a school there, um, you know, from the proceeds from Laparios Eco Lodge. Like it's just, it's, it doesn't exploit the place whatsoever. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's such an interesting model to me. So this is giving the people the opportunity to kind of do the similar thing that you did um, on your green honeymoon is go down there, um, experience the resort, the lodge, and then also create content around that. So tell us about the, this year's specific theme and what type of candidates you're looking for to experience this. Right. So this year's theme is food with philosophy. And so, you know, last year it was pretty it was pretty open, but we really wanted to focus on food this year. And um, the kind of candidates that we're looking for are really professional digital creators that do anything around food, also food entrepreneurs, um, eco chefs, podcasters. Um, but basically, what what we really want is that this residency is a huge turning point for them in their career, so that in the application, if they can answer why this project, um, why right now in my career, then, you know, you're in pretty good shape. Like, we really want this program uh, to be able to propel their careers forward and be able to have them connect their work to the sustainability movement. So I think all of us in here want to apply. We're all shaking our heads yes. So how do people apply for this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing experience, and I think it's also just, like, a really awesome way to connect your work to the movement and really kind of tease apart all of those complex issues. You know? So I'm on the I'm on the website here. How do I apply? Right. So if you go to storytellerinresidence.com, there is an application process. Um, there's about ten questions, and also you 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 know think about your project. Really think about your project. Send in your proposal, uh, and the call to applications closes on June the fifteenth. Cool. So keep an eye out for Daniel's application. Free meatballs if you choose me. <laughs> Just saying. Awesome. Kim, thank you. Thank you so much for telling us about this. I hope that you're flooded with applications. Yeah. It sounds like an amazing opportunity. And uh, keep us posted. Nepotism. I will. Bring... <laughs> Did you know I had my thank honeymoon so there at La Paz Rios? Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks. Talk Thanks, to you Kim. soon. It I is have no idea, Patrick. Yeah, we had our honeymoon there. Is there, there air conditioning? Or? No air conditioning. The only amenity is that they bring you a cup of coffee. That's the only thing they do. But like, it's like a local coffee. Sweats. They squeeze it from the fresh berries. They squeeze it for food. Well, you know, this is the dirty truth about <laughs> very lush places. The more lush things places are, like the rainforest, the gastronomy is not as good. They're fresh ingredients. Their fruits are delicious. But you need a little bit of hardship to make things delicious. I will be going to Noma Tulum, and, and I believe whoa, that they are. That, that will be my, my trip for next week, and I believe they're wow. disproving the fact that there's amazing cuisine in a lush environment. That well, I'm no, so well, jealous. they came from a place, though, that's very <laughs> tough. Oh, great austerity. Those coping, you know. <laughs> things are cold. Where things are colder and a little tough. But anyway, we loved it. The howler monkeys keep you up at night. Oh, they're like fighting that. groups of howler monkeys. So right scary. Can you make the sound? Ah! Help! Yeah, yeah, Daniel's no, it's got terrible. It. Yeah, Daniel, you got it. It was very loud. <laughs> but look, I have a tattoo. If all our listeners want to look, I got this tattoo. <laughs> we'll put it on I'm our episode page as bonus saw, content. What's that I, bird called? Um, it is a. Uh, oh my god! I, I, it is a. Um, it's not a parrot. It's a, they're monogamous. We thought they were monogamous, and our tour guide's like they're not monogamous. The male goes around with all the other females. We're like, oh, but they do live on the edge. All these birds that live on the edge of the forest and the water. You know, the edge of monogamy. But uh, <laughs> and then I always, I, I always ask my oh. tour guide. I was like, I would like to see a tapir fighting a panther, and they were like, that's very hard What's to a tapir? find. Tapir is like a little weird, like anteater slash elephant. Yeah. yeah. Who would this win? is a. It's uh, very bizarre. The tapir. I can't believe I don't know the name of a bird. It's a very famous. It's bird. Like it a is a famous bird. Macaw. Macaw. Thank oh. you. Macaw. <laughs> That's not the sound of the comic. Um, okay. Okay. Wait. Can we first like, do the chicken sound from Arrested Development first? <laughs> do you even know what sound a chicken makes? Cock-a-cock. <laughs> now we're gonna have to link. We're gonna have to link that video to our episode page. So people uh-huh. who don't the chicken, chicken. <laughs> He's so quick. I know. Oh, I keep calling me a chicken. It's all about the movements though, that they do. It's I great. Know. I have nothing to prove. Uh, 
We have something to prove. That is not how chicken sounds. Chickens don't clap. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually, speaking of other news, there was a man that just recently got arrested for attempted fornication with a chicken, and they called it um, forced fornication because apparently it's not even a joke. This is a real thing that just happened in the news this week. Um, and the man is, his face is posted in the newspaper, which I imagine would be embarrassing. Oh my God. Um, yeah. When I was at Penn State, there was a guy who was arrested for trying to fuck a horse. Full agree. That's like a that's like a whole thing. But I feel like a a horse. Chicken is a little I, different. Yeah, but I feel like the size of a chicken egg. It's like perfect. We have okay. taken okay. a turn. We I'm gonna put that kibosh on this bestiality <laughs> conversation. <laughs> we have happy happy hour. Hour. Yeah, this this happy hour is getting a little depressing. Damn you, Costa Rica. Um, okay, well, I want to talk about escapes. One escape from this branch of the conversation, <laughs> and also escaping the city. So I really, uh, I'm really happy that Jamie McDonald, that you could join us on really short notice today. Thank you One, very much. Thanks for coming in. We talked on the phone at like 11:30 this morning, and he was game to come to the studio at 4.45. I was, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible a testament of how free I am. Oh, I no, it's great. <laughs> Maybe this it's the reason I'm single. <laughs> no, Always you're spontaneous. Available. You're spontaneous. That's right. You're that's, right. That's, let's call it spontaneity. That sounds yeah. much better than mm-hmm. just being a loser. No. Um, no well, one thinks that. No one thinks we that. We were very, very happy to be connected to you via Joanne, who is our fearless mm-hmm. accountant, Flash Fleming. You may have heard our ads on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, if you need your taxes done, if you are a total delinquent, or if you filed an extension, or if you're just getting ready for Fleming, next year, or if you're like a really an overachiever, yeah, thank you, Daniel. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> um, but Jamie, you have had a career change, mm. and you started up a really cool project upstate. Tell us a little quick story, the five minute version of um, your background, and and what's the Brampton. Right, okay, five minutes. Maybe, yeah, maybe the two less. minutes. Yeah, the two yeah. minutes. Right. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be able to learn for uh, Well, the very short story is, um, as you said, I used to have a career in finance. I was a hedge fund manager, and then I decided to do something more worthwhile. Nothing against your finance listeners, but wanted something a bit more, um, I don't know, wholesome. And uh, I wanted to be a, a, a TV presenter, which was it's never, you never know if that's a, a stable career. But I also wanted to start um, a lodge upstate. I, I started going, I've been in New York nine years. I started going upstate uh, about four or five years ago, and I just fell in love with it and didn't really realize why people didn't go upstate more. And up in the Adirondacks, I, I kind of fell in love with the mountains and the lakes, and although it's four hours away, it's just um, just a great place to go. Anyway, but not by your private helicopter. No, I mean my my Blades account is uh, is uh, I've used up all my flights for this month. But, um, but when I actually, do you know what? It's our, our lodge is on the Hudson River, but it's four hours north. And someone asked me, they said, "Oh wait, can you get there by jet ski?" I was like, "No, nah, our lodge is not for you." Uh, <laughs> but seaplane would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> mine's, mine's being repaired, but um, <laughs> but but when it's when it's back to normal, I'll I'll be doing it anyway. So we started this lodge, which essentially it sleeps twenty th- to thirty people, and we provide all the transportation. We bring you up there, oh wow! And uh, it's accommodation. What we do is we just lay on all the activities for you. So if you like hiking, if you like water skiing, it's by Gore Mountains. So you go skiing in the winter. And uh, what we started finding out last year is that. Um, People loved it if we provided, like, a chef who had a bit of a following or was, like, you know, a bit of a... uh, uh, Was basically a talented chef. People paid and wanted to come for that. So uh, our executive chef is a guy called Paz, who's this um, uh, very lovely Thai man. He runs something called The Seed Experience. He's he's, um, predominantly a vegan chef, uh, but he he, kind of cooks everything and and, and loves his food. And then... um, I was very lucky. I, I did uh, I do some TV presenting, and a show I didn't get, I was going to co-host with Kristen Kish, who I'm sure you all know. Being, uh, I, I'm assuming your listeners are Top Chef fans. And um, we, we stayed as great friends. And she said, well, listen, if you're ever looking for people to come and cook, I'll, I'll love to do it. And she's done four events with us now, and they're such a huge hit. And we try and source everything as locally as we can. Um, it's uh, Warrensburg, New York. So it's, it's slim pickings, but they're out there if you look hard enough. Local farms, uh, local butchers, local bakeries, all that kind of thing. Uh, and a if lot of could... local chickens, a lot of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> we have a sign outside the, the, our next door neighbors uh, saying, uh, eggs so fresh, you, we want to slap the hens. Ah, by the way, I, I do exactly. not. I do not encourage slapping a hen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The last time that happened. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, if only I knew some more New York uh, chefs with lots of followings who want to come up to the Brampton. <coughs> Daniel. Um, but I'll, that's, just, um, I'll just clean off my jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you've got it working again, come up. So that's really what we've been doing. And um, it's been a really fun project. We run events all throughout the summer. Uh, this weekend, for example, there's a guy called Zach Chaves. Uh, he's a forager. Uh, are any of you are there any of you foragers? I've part, a few part time, part time yeah, forager. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's extraordinary. I mean, I, I I now feel it's just ridiculously stupid walking through a forest and when he reels off Latin names of mushrooms and plants and bees and things that he knows that we could eat. And it's, that's it's just because he uses a Latin name. Yeah. You would be like like corn. He's full of shit, really. Honey, <laughs> can you say that? You can Very say that. Yeah. Okay. He said Sorry. fuck a horse. You can say yeah, yeah. you could say shit on the corn. He took the lead. <laughs> How many people go to these? Do most of the group of thirty or twenty go and know each other? Or? Yeah, very, good question. It's almost like it was planted, but it wasn't. Planted, that'd be a good pun. Um, oh. oh, damn it. Um, so essentially, <laughs> thanks. So essentially, it's, uh, it's a mix. We've had, for the Kristen Kish event, it, it was mainly a lot of her f- fans who came up. And so it was ones, twos, and threes. Um, a lot of the time, it's a group of 20 people who, like, who basically like, I just want to go and get wasted around a bonfire and play music till five in the morning because we have no neighbours for 20 miles around us, uh, which is also great. Um, but sometimes we have groups of four or five and we sort of match them all up. So if you have a love of the outdoors, come along. because. What are it, the sleeping arrangements like? Uh, oh my gosh so we've just expanded the main lodge uh, sleeps 16 it's over 6 bedrooms there's one dorm which is all bunk beds I'll tell you another way of explaining. So you're not, there's not a lot of nookie going on in, because it's... There is. There has been some nookie. And oh. if you've ever been to like a ski lodge a wooden cabin there's basically no such thing as sound insulation so it's almost like uh, you know someone's Free rock, love rock, man so you gotta, Someone's you rocking a boat somewhere Gotta keep your chickens quiet Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I heard Stop that there, next door. <laughs> I've heard that there is a fun little uh, stop on the way up to the Brampton. Mm. Yes, so we've been very lucky. Um, the the team at Hudson Whiskey uh, gave us a call and said they loved the project that we were doing and uh, would be interested in partnering up, which we now have done. So mm-hmm. if you come and stay, we throw in some Hudson Whiskey for free. But on the way up, because it is a four-hour drive, after two hours we stop at Tuttle Town. I assume everyone kind of knows what it is. Such a cool story. Uh, the, the Hudson Whiskey Distillery. It's, I mean, uh, I, you know, the story is a great one. I won't tell you it now because you should come up and come on the tour at www.brampton.nyc. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, they take you on a tour and you do whiskey tasting. And, and for such a small um, you know, family-run business, they've won so many awards in the distillery, in the, in the whiskey world. Um, it's just a great little place to stop off on the way. So we, we partnered up with them. Awesome. That, doesn't that name just roll off? Is that? Can you say that with an American accent? The Brampton. The Brampton. You, where did you come up with such a name? Oh, God. the Brambles and Hamptons. You uh, were. Well, we've had we've had other people ask if it was like a, a uh, if it was like a uh, a play on Bro Hampton, but it's it's not really. My parents and myself, we lived in a house called Little Brampton for thirty years, and my parents did something called. Um, uh, well, they moved it to retirement village. I don't know what you have the equivalent in the U.S. But when you basically old age home, yeah, Florida, <laughs> Florida, yeah, exactly, <laughs> boom, exactly. Moving to Tampa. Anyway, so the same month that they sold our house that we lived in all our life, we bought this lodge. So we kept the name, and we wanted to create some continuity. I love that you named your house. Or Is your it house common? had a name where you grew up for houses to be named. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have numbers. I mean, you know. I, yeah, how did the mailman find it? Like, Picklefield 347. I mean, it's. <laughs> a lot of memorizing. Well, you know, you know what? You know, we have this. Uh, if you go to London, the, every taxi driver in a black cab, I mean, Uber's changed it. They have something called the knowledge, which is with yeah. a capital K. So, I mean, in, the, in, in England, like being a taxi driver, I'm not being demeaning to taxi drivers, but it's a very, like, respected job because there are certain exams you have to take. Because in all like addresses, because are. no joke, if you had to find like Picklefield three four seven, we'd be driving around for hours. Take yeah. me to Little Brampton. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the uh, that's the story of the name. But um, we uh, yeah, we're getting our T-shirts made saying "Say No to Hampton, Come to Brampton." Nice, catchy. Can you talk? Can I ask? Am I allowed to ask a question off topic about no. Cuba and his work with Phil Winter and stuff? Because yeah. go ahead. We're yeah. all about themes here in Central America and all. Is Cuba Central America? I don't it's know. North America, Caribbean. Uh, yeah. It's the biggest island in the Caribbean. What you probably don't know is that it's 11 times the size of Jamaica. And I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's, just, it's incredible how big that country mm-hmm. is. Why do you hate Jamaica so much? I don't, <laughs> Jamaica. 
Terrible weed. Uh, no, the, the, so Cuba um, happened because uh, one of my best mates here is, is a Cuban guy, and uh, Phil Windsor, who's obviously um, a uh, well-known name in this in the in the heritage radio world, and I have been um, working on projects down there to renovate these apartments in Havana for the past two or three years, basically trying to restore these apartments and houses back to what they look like. You know, back when it was Vegas, man. Uh, back yes. to the 50s. And, um, yeah, it's been a really fun project to work on. And, and uh, Cuba's just seen such big changes in the last three or four years. I mean, particularly in the food world. I know you've just, I know you've just been. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of people get in touch with me about recommendations for Cuba. But um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's been a fascinating place to have been. The changes over the past three or four years have been extraordinary. And, uh, you know, I, we've all traveled a lot. But in my personal opinion, I think it's still... I know it's been in the press. Isn't Trump closing Cuba? Um, he is. Oh, is it's he going can- on. I don't know what he's going to do, but if he can build a hotel there, then I think it's open. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Who are I the mean, houses for? Uh, well, they're essentially going to go on Airbnb, and you know anyone can uh, kind of rent them. But what we want to do is, um, you know, create an experience around it. So if you if you book with us, we're going to make sure that you can. Uh, uh, get access to <coughs> good restaurants, get the tours, go and see you know local Cuban life, and um, drink seven dollar bottles of rum, which will probably be one of the best drinks you'll ever have in your life. Have you been to what's it called, Fabrica <coughs> de, de Artes, or whatever? Have I been to Fabrica? Fuck, fuck. They called it fuck. <laughs> really? Yeah, they kept uh, calling it fuck. I was like, what are you talking about? Maybe fuck, that's fuck, my, fuck. Maybe. I was like, <laughs> I didn't make it, but that's my like next place. When I, next time I land Where in Havana, is that? I think I think I know why you didn't. I think I know why you didn't get in. You just kept swearing at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> we like ran out of time, and uh, it's it's this. I don't know. You could probably explain it better than me. Well, I mean, this is one of the things about Cuba. I mean, communism has its downfalls which is a slightly separate conversation. But what it does do is, you know, there's no Treat point... Treat people fairly and equally... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Separate religion from... Um, <laughs> but it really, uh, you know, what it does do is, like, if you want to be an artist, you're going to be an artist because, there's, you know, you're not going to pay anything more than being a, a, a doctor or a lawyer or, a, I would say, finance, but it kind of doesn't exist. So, you know, people do kind of follow their passions. I mean, it's a... You know, that's one of the positive side effects of it. So art um, is a huge... Uh, it's a huge thing in Cuba. Um, they've got some of the best artists in the world, and I think there's been lots of press about it recently. So Fabrica dell'arte was really to celebrate artists, whether they were music artists or you know painting artists, and they created this enormous uh, gallery um, uh, to like present all this art, both music and. But it's aesthetic. like a club too. But and then it, every night it turns into a, yeah. a nightclub. So I, I, when I was there, Questlove was down there, who's just what? a dude. Don't you feel like Questlove is everywhere? Yeah, all why, the time. Why, He's everywhere, what, all the time. What did he do? If I change my name to sort of I don't know uh, exclamation point, uh, I, I don't know. Is there, is, there, is there like a prince prince joke coming? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's just so cool. I can't. I, I can't think there are two him. of them. I, uh, that's my theory. Is that there are two Questlove? All right. Well. So, well, real quick, so tickets for this weekend, if I want to go learn to forage with Zach Chaves, uh, how do I do that? Yeah, so we've got, um, so as I said, we provide transportation, and it leaves between like four or five, usually, for Midtown. Uh, if you go onto Friday. the website on Friday, yeah, and we bring you back on Sunday. Uh, the website is www.thebrampton.nyc. Um, all the instructions are there on how to uh, get in touch. Um, how much does a weekend cost? Uh, typically, the package starts at $500. So, like, for $500, I don't have to think. I get picked up in Midtown. I get whisked away to this wonderland by the river. And then I'm fed amazing food. I forage. I can I can feck off in the British term and enjoy <laughs> myself if I want to read a book and just, like, get a little tan on. And generally speaking, it's just, like, this idyllic. And then I have to come back on Sunday night. And we provide beer, wine, and Hudson whiskey. What do you do during the week? What's like a Tuesday at the Bramptons? Honestly, there's no one there, so just come up. So if someone wanted <laughs> yeah. to like rent it out okay. for like a Tuesday or Wednesday, if you want to have if you want to have sex in peace, come but like up for on my Tuesday, company, because no one will then hear you. But for like my company, I could say like we're going to do a retreat at the Bramptons oh on like God. a Tuesday. I love you. Why have we not met before? That's, that would be I am great. Just, I am. We would love any kind of mm-hmm. corporate retreat. Can the meatball, we're doing can an the executive shop and, and Heritage Radio Network have a retreat together? Joint executive retreat. Basically, we're doing an executive retreat. We're going to race our. Um, it's a Honda Ruckus race. And we're going up on the east and the west side of the river. And we're mm-hmm. going to see who makes it first. It's going to be spectacular. I love it. We're weird. going to do helicopter versus jet can we, can we play, like, capture the flag <laughs> against the each other? Tug of war. <laughs> There's a chicken joke in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but seriously, though, yeah. uh, corporate retreats are a thing. Yeah, no, corporate retreats. I mean, we've just, uh, I don't know if I can say name names. 
but anyway, we've done a ton of. Uh, I don't know if you, do you know the guys. That's Goldman clubs? Sachs. Have you heard of <laughs> Goldman? <laughs> do you have, have a of? non-profit rate? Uh, well, I tell you what, I know the owner, so I can get you a good discount. Right. Yeah. We'll if, talk about he that. He says if you put him on a radio show and, and allow him to talk about himself while drinking beer, he can like take 50% uh-huh. off. Would you that. like a refill? Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we yeah, can do we that. Do, yeah. do, yeah. That sounds good. We do corporate treats. Finally, those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh? Austin. Hey. Oh, <laughs> oh, I have days. no idea what that was from. That's Austin, Austin Powers. Austin Powers, baby! Oh. Yeah! I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I find him to be handsome. Actually, is that strange? I love Mike Myers. Yeah, I like I'm, that guy. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. Uh, no, stick you. around for trivia. Jamie's not going anywhere. Yeah. We have uh, our next guest. Yes. And I want to go to Brampton's real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But you can't because you're the co-founder and co-owner of the Meatball Shops. What? <laughs> Woo. So I'll, I'll give that a round of applause. Yeah. Hey. So Daniel. My first question for you is that, you know, we looked at your bio. You've cooked at La Bernadette, among many other fine dining establishments, and you attended the CIA, Culinary Institute of, Institute of America. So, my question is... What happened? Why meatballs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, in real life, without being self-deprecating um, or, like, joking around, I... I genuinely love this idea that food doesn't have to be terribly expensive to be great and it can be an inclusive activity and there don't have to be, you know, like long waits, long reservation times. It doesn't have to be a big deal to have a great meal. And in growing up in New York, it was either it was either like shitty restaurants or fancy restaurants. And there was very little kind of like. I don't know, middle class of restaurant. And so we felt like there was an opportunity to make great food for people that didn't want to spend a lot of money. And, you know, restaurants used to be a special occasion thing um, or it was like a bite because I'm in a rush. And the, the whole idea of cooking at home has kind of changed. We're busier people now. So this was a restaurant for, a, for the proletariat. It actually is not. Like, yeah. yeah, it actually it's compares not. to a slice of pizza. I mean, with all the toppings. I mean, it's eight ten dollars. You can go in and out of there for ten dollars and get an all heritage pasture raised meatball and salad inside. I mean, it's unbelievable how approachable. And we're also going to be doing ten dollars slices soon. <laughs> really? We're crushing it. <laughs> Sorry. How many locations do you have now? We have seven. We just opened our seventh store. Whoa. Wow. Where? On, um, bu- 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 uh, on 53rd Street and 9th Avenue in Hell's Kitchen, awesome. which is an incredible neighborhood, vibrant, rich, beautiful neighborhood in New York City, which is a little bit underserved, strangely. I agree. I spent a little bit of time there this year doing Socks Will Be Scholars uh, at the Food and Finance High School in that neighborhood, and otherwise I would have really like no reason to go there, but it's it's... I mean, it's a great area of Manhattan. Food and finance is an incredible program yes. with lots of cool shit going on. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan. Yeah, Big they're fan. great. I like. I, I miss. I miss the students. They're now. like breeding tilapia. Yeah. Yes, it's wild. And then using the their, Cornell lab, yeah. using their like fecal matter to cook vegetable, uh, grow vegetables. Yeah. It's like Importantly, thing. grow grow is the operative word there. <laughs> did you know Saxelby was my wife? My yes. wife. We did that the honeymoon and Saxelby scholars. That's two times. So many Saxelby's shout outs. Have been involved. Hey, Anne. Hi, Anne. I hope you're listening. Han. You think she's listening right now? Probably. <laughs> Good. Um, so, so what are the challenges and maybe the, uh, or what you like about having seven locations now? Seven locations offers us, um, the flexibility to, and, and, and enough, we have enough kind of like revenue money flowing through the entire organization that we can realize some of our original goals of, you know, just going to a a farmer and saying, Hey, we want you to grow whatever vegetable for us for the summer and they and we 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 will utilize enough that that it we can we can get them to do it so that's really exciting um we we have a lot of shared um uh experiences and learnings from restaurant to restaurant and we are able to kind of like host and become a little bit of a of a sponsor of um kind of industry best practices learning which is really great and the restaurant community in new york is extremely sharing and that's very special to be part of. Um, the challenges are the most beautiful, wonderful part of working in a restaurant is this kind of like connection to a team of people that you love and you know each person's name and their history. 
And with seven restaurants and, you know, like three, four hundred employees, it becomes more difficult to have that intimate relationship. And so that's a little bit lost. But, you know, I give that up in exchange for the individual restaurants to have their families. So that's special in its own way. That's really cool. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, It must be so many people's dream to start a restaurant in New York. And uh, you, uh, I mean, obviously it was yours as well. But your reputation was um, really preceded you. I mean, I heard about you guys well before I, uh, I ever went, and it was phenomenal. But what is it that you did right in terms of, from the moment you opened, in, in terms of like marketing or PR or the image you did? Did it just, did it come to you or, or did you have to kind of try and get a message out there about what you did? I think we got really, really lucky. It was, first of all, the, I mean... My, my best friend and I opened this restaurant together. We've been talking about opening a restaurant since we were, you know, kids in high school together. So I think that's a story that people can genuinely be excited. I mean, I know that when I hear about husbands and wives or best friends or, you know, family getting together and doing something, that's something I root for. Mm. Um, we did it at, at, at a really great time. I mean, it was the it was the the height of the depression. Is that a is that an oxymoron? It was the, the depths, <laughs> depths of the, the, <laughs> the depths nadir. of de- the nadir. Wow, my God, you're wow. so Smart. <laughs> Jesus. Patrick is always pulling Jesus. one of these out. Trivia. It was the nadir, <laughs> the depression. And so there just wasn't a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, mm. New York, it seems like a restaurant opens every every few days and 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 at that point there were there were very few openings and you know and there were a lot of bad news there was just a lot of bad news so people i think were excited about something that they could get behind where was the first location was 84 stanton street okay. i was there for lunch today and let me tell you that it was so delicious i'm not even messing around like i often go into the restaurant i'm a little disappointed that you know maybe it's not a perfect experience this was such a great meal i'm so thankful so your menu, you kind of can make your own combinations? It's a choose-your-own-adventure. You pick your meatballs, you pick your sauce. We have five meatballs made in-house every single day, five five diff- delicious, freshly made sauces from obviously all local seasonal ingredients. And the best part about the meatball shop is it's the heritage pork. Well, no, I will say, you know, he's... Uh because he can take any amount of trim. Trim are all the leftover cuts from the chops, the ends, the fats. He probably, I can say, just through my business, Heritage, and I know I should be promoting Heritage, he probably keeps in business about mm, 60 family farms are kept in business because of all of the trim and the fat and the, you know, combination of the best cuts, really. Oh, you guys get a room. 60 you love each other so much. Let's go to the chicken coop. <laughs> we've, we, by the way, we've, we've had a room, and um, it was messy. Yeah, we saw Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Pork trimmings everywhere. No, but that's oh, interesting. we've got all the balls in the world right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> to be so cheap and to always say, to he said, what do I need to pay for this to keep it going, your group? And, also, and uh, he'd worked at the end of Seventh Ray in L.A., and he was like, I need the turkeys. What's What, what part was... Uh, starting point do I need to start with for price same with the trim and then everything was built from there so I think he had this vision of sustainability first because he never questions us on price whatever it needs to be and he still keeps it cheap I mean that's what's amazing it's very very unusual I have one more question unless anybody else has one will you ever open a meatball shop outside of New York City I, I absolutely aspire to open a meatball shop outside of New York City, and we've been looking actually recently um, in, di- in different cities at real estate. And for whatever reason, and I love New York, I'm a New Yorker, um, the business is really tough right now in the city. It's, 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 it's going through a lot of change, and there are, um, there are a lot of challenges. And so we're hoping to open one in the next year or so outside of the city. So that'll be amazing. I have a question. Which city, Daniel, right now excites you the most in terms of culinary movement? Shucks. In terms of culinary, culinary movement, which city excites me the most? Anywhere in the world or just in... Oh, I was thinking the U.S., but maybe one in the U.S. and one outside. Mm. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm not like the most worldly guy on earth, so I I would be hard-pressed to say. I haven't traveled everywhere, but there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on in Los Angeles. I think Los Angeles was, you know, years behind the curve when it came to... It was just not a culinary scene. And all of a sudden, there are amazing restaurants. And the truth is that, you know, San Francisco has long been known for having incredible local connections to farms. But if you go to that Santa Monica Wednesday farmer's market, it is the best farmer's market in America. And the connection and ability to get with local farms is like nowhere else in the country. 
Uh, yeah, I, actually, I, one thing I either do is I do some TV presenting, I was saying, and I did a show for Condé Nast Trava called Eat, Stay, Love. And anyway, they go to a city <laughs> where there's a culinary... It's a nice touch. They, they, they pick cities with a culinary movement, and, and Los Angeles was one of the places we went. And the restaurant featured was called Providence. It's on... Oh, it's that's on, an amazing restaurant. It is so cool. And the, the Michael, who's the chef, we he opened up like a... It's basically like a seafood shop next door. You can go buy fish. And he went through the fish, and he named the captain of the vessel that caught wow. the fish mm. and when it was caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he have a parrot on his shoulder? And, on uh, and I was like so <laughs> impressed with with him and that restaurant. And anyway, I, for what it's worth, I, I agree. I think Los Angeles is, is having its day in the sun. I'm going to go to Los Angeles after I go to the Brampton. I think we should all go to Mexico City. Oh, Let's I want to go there, the, too. For the, the, this thing? Or no, you're going next week. No, I week. think we should just go to Mexico City. I really like want to go. For the, I, think, I think that Mexico City is a city that we're going to hear a lot about in the next few years. Your brother called you and said that Noma is doing a pop-up, and he just bought the tickets and told you you had to get there? My big brother calls me up, and he says, listen, I got these. I found a, a Mexican scalper. And, wow. And, uh, and, I, and I bought these tickets to this thing, Noma, you know, Tulum. Do you want to come? And I was like, e- yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, you know, back back to reality. It's you know, it's it's not the cheapest experience of my whole life. But I cannot wait to go down there. Did you also know that you could sing "I Found a Mexican Scalper" to the tune of "I Took a Pill in Ibiza"? I think you guys should do a remake. <laughs> <laughs> He is. Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, Should we we do trivia now? Oh, trivia. Can I ask one last question? Oh, yeah. Are you going to write a cookbook? Or have you done one? We did a meatball shop cookbook. You did? um, And it it was really actually well received, which is awesome. We we sold a ton of copies. How much are you pricing the the cookbook? It was the the whole idea of just like the restaurant, inexpensive. It was 20 bucks. But um, what was so cool, the experience of writing a cookbook, what... Where you know the first the first um, uh, publication, the mushroom gravy, I didn't I didn't add enough salt, and I got so many people commenting. I mean, emailing me and telling me frustrated, and it was like every time that I got a complaint was made me so happy because I felt like someone's actually not only Reading bought it, caring. but then they're cooking. That's all. First trivia question: What's the well, highest compliment you can pay to? And my word. What's the highest compliment you can pay to a meatball book? That it's well rounded. Ew. All right. By no the way, that was that. Eh, no one got that right. All I have is my balls and my and my and my right. and I don't break so them for nobody. Meatball trivia. Phil, get in here. Come on and in. Emily. 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 Pearson. All right. Trivia. We have Philip Gilmore. Ball. 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 We're having a <laughs> we're right. trivia, and the theme today's theme is balls. Are you happy with this week's trivia? Yes. Okay. Are you? All right. I am. So far, so far. The so first far? category is science. Do we ring in? Oh no! You, bing, just, bing, you can bing, yell it. Yes, you have to. All right. Bing, bing, bing. I think I think we should give Daniel two seconds yes. to answer, yes. and then it's the first That's one really to yell. He already has an unfair advantage. He's the advantage. one we're judging here. All right, ready? Okay. The first category is science. Buckyball. The Earth has four <laughs> subsystems known as spheres. The first three are the lithosphere, the hydrosphere, hemisphere, and the atmosphere. What's the fourth? Hemisphere. Stratosphere. No. No. Ozone. Ozone. No. No. There's. It's a sphere. So lithosphere is like the rocks, right? Hydrosphere Liver. is all the water, and atmosphere is the air. So oh, fire sphere. No. <laughs> Wind sphere. <laughs> Earth, wind, and fire. The correct answer is... Did someone say it? No, I feel No, like that was just for Earth, wind, and fire. Anyone? The right answer is the biosphere, which is oh, us. Yeah, how do you say. run seven successful Jesus. meatball shops? <laughs> Can we get Polly Shore that. down here and talk about this biosphere situation? He's been here. You know, Polly Shore's been in our studio. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. He was at a party at Roberta's and Sarah grabbed him. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Second question. This is history. On November 28th, 1966, Truman Capote threw the famous black and white ball at the Plaza Hotel. Guests included Andy Warhol, Frank Sinatra, and Gloria Vanderbilt. Oh, we got all the balls in the world right here, man. And all were asked to wear masks. Capote said he paid a mere 39 cents for his mask at which famous toy store? 
at FAO Schwartz, yeah. obviously. Nice. Which closed, by the way. Yep. I know. The Apple Store is there right now temporarily. Really so. Well, no, FAO Schwartz was there. Then it it, it moved from da- one block down to that. Then it's the Apple yeah. Store. Now I it's <laughs> what's it? FAO Schwartz called in German, where it is in Zurich. Yeah. FAO Schwartz. Franz Karl Weber. Oh. All right. Question number three. This is landmarks. Keeping it in New York City. My favorite New York landmark is the Unisphere, a stainless steel representation of Earth located in Flushing Meadows Corona Park. What event was it commissioned for? It was commissioned for the World Fair in 1939. 1939. Oh, no, 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 no. So no. close, wrong year. Uh, oh. Phil Gilmore? Uh, oh, I, was, I just was, knew the word. World Fair. <laughs> I would say 1928. Layers, getting colder, getting colder. colder. 52. Nope. 36. Nope. Ulama, which is descended from the Mesoamerican ball game, is one of the oldest sports in the world and is notable for being the first to use rubber balls. What substance would Mesoamericans mix with the latex to create rubber for the ball? Latex from a rubber tree mixed with what substance? I believe it was the hair. Tree the sap. hair of a certain uh, llama hair. Llama hair. Human liver. <laughs> It's, no. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's um, it's from a flower. Llama hair. <laughs> this is a hard one. Llama hair. <laughs> Opium. No, no. Uh, that's k- kind of close. No, I think. no, 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 no. No, it's, it's the, not poppies. No, it's not. It's the juice from the morning glory flower. Oh, by the way, oh, as a little kid, I heard that if you took enough Morning Glory um, seeds and you and you juiced them, that it was akin to LSD, that it had a lysergic acid. And I remember trying to, like, smoke Morning Glory seeds. Wait, you did? Yeah, absolutely. They're really <laughs> toxic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I smoked, yeah, yeah. I smoked you, Morning like, Glory really seeds, banana that. peel, uh, anything, anything. Don't anything. try this at home. This is, like, really this was dangerous. The, this was the crack era. This was a lot safer. <laughs> All right. Okay, kids. So what are we? Oh, for... Yeah, these are tough. We got a couple. Got I mean, one. you got like... Well, no. Um, Daniel got F.A.O. Schwartz. So yeah. you're... Sure. No, the you're World's one. Fair, you didn't say to, to name the one, year. One and the and year but was like a... That was an extra You get a one credit. and a half. We'll give you One two. and three quarters. Oh, God bless. Yeah. All right. Last question. This is pop culture. Don't forget so, the theme. Balls. Balls. So... <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis's song, Great Balls of Fire, was released in 1957 and is still one of the best-selling singles of all time. Who portrayed Jerry Lee Lewis in the 1989 biopic, also titled Great Balls of Fire? I know this. Biopic. Three, two, one. Does he have balls one. in his name? Andy Ball? Dennis Quaid. <laughs> yeah! Nice job. I always get one. Wasn't Jerry Lee Lewis black? No, but the uh, it sounds <laughs> black. I believe no. He was just a pedophile. The songwriters. <laughs> We've gone off the rails, cat, for the twentieth time <laughs> of the day. Yeah. All right, so my, my chicken jokes are just sounding a lot, lot more PC. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a very special episode of the HRN Happy Hour. Yes, it has. Thank you to Patrick, Jordan, Daniel, Jamie, our newcomers Phil and Emily. What's up, guys? Um, and as always. Katie Mosenwadler and Kat Johnson and our stalwart of an engineer David David Tattashore DaveTat.com Chicken Tat on Instagram Chicken Tat also uh, big thanks to our uh, producer who's not here right now Hallie Crane yeah yeah Um, so next week our guest is going to be Maury Rubin from City Bakery Patrick will you be here uh Hopefully for you guys. No, no, just kidding. You guys are better probably without me. Are you guys better with me or without me? We're always better with you. All right, so then yes. Better as a team. Cheers. And we'll also have, um, I'm going to be talking to Eli Sussman about what's going to happen at the beach this summer. What's going to happen at the beach this summer? Quiz question. Right. A lot of food. Who's Kat's favorite chef? Eli. (laughs) He's going to be serving lots of food at the beach this summer. I'm very excited. Is he going to have pickles? I love his pickles. Oh, yeah. Samisa will be there and also, oh, Ed and Bev's, the... Detroit, like, hot dog place? Do you like, mean the place cool. where they're mean to you? I don't know. Bed, Ed DeBevix? No, 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 no. no. Oh. It's like their... Yeah. All right, well, that, that, that's all. I think that brings us to the end. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for being on the show. 
Our theme song is Suns Out, Guns Out by Concord America. Let's play it. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.